0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to this edition of the John Papaloni Show. Today, we have Jason Wojo. Jason, welcome to the show.
1: Man, I'm excited here. I'm looking forward to an awesome conversation.
0: Absolutely uh, thrilled about having you here. I mean, I think you are in an exciting space, and I'm excited to hear more about that. So why don't we get into a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got there.
1: Yeah, man. So I run a company uh, called Life & Air. We are what I would consider us to be like a business coaching organization. We have events and things like that. But really what we're all about is helping people identify for, foremost and, and in the front is like, what do you want your life to look like? And so then we can talk about business. And so so the, our whole thing is like basically life first approach to business coaching. Um, and that's what we're passionate about. That is a number of reasons where we believe that's the correct way for business success and, and life success. But you know, that's kind of our spin on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, now how did you get into
1: that? Man, <laughs> that's a that is a long question. Like, so well, let me tell you this. First, first of all, I was trained as a scientist and I was taught th- that having a good life means having a good job. And so I, I didn't want just a, a good job, I wanted a great job. And so I went off and got listen, literally 15 years of school, uh, two bachelor's, master's PhD, find out the first month of working for somebody else. I'm like, this is not what I want to do. Uh, just the thought of somebody else can kind of controlling my paycheck, when I worked, what I worked on, who I worked with—all all of it—it was just something viscerally inside me felt really wrong. And so that's when I looked into real estate investing, and uh, as well as other business ventures as well. So I had my full-time job. I actually was a licensed uh, agent as well, realtor. I had a fitness business, and then I was flipping houses. Uh, and essentially, what I had realized I had done, and I and I I kind of. Experienced the the failure of this is uh, I was working all the time, and I ended up going through a divorce. All of the things that you know you think are going to be uh, make you feel good and make you feel successful, like have you know I had the three story brick home in the gated community, and we we're across the street from the metro station, and like everything looked good on the surface. But I I realized i I'd, I'd sacrificed everything that was truly for me most important. Uh, And I've taken my eyes off, my eye off the ball of what I really wanted. And and I just got sucked into this, this path of like more money, more business. It's exciting. It's alluring. Like, you know, and we've all, I think entrepreneurs, business owners, we, we have these feelings and I love that people love business, but what are you sacrificing to that business? And I think I, I, I didn't realize there's a different way to do it. Uh, So I got involved with Life in Air as a student actually in 2009 and uh, I got, I got kind of shown a different way to organize my life and my business. And then from there, I kind of developed some of my own um, processes and systems to help business owners with. I started coaching for them several years later, speaking, and now I
0: run the company. Wow. So you actually- Dude, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's literally that you, you went from the bottom up. Right. You know, like most people, you know, most times you hear about that, it's just talk, right? People say, I got to work your way from the bottom. And really just a negative outlook on that is that, yeah, that's just people talking. That never happens. And clearly, you're the example. It really does. It It really does. It really does. (laughs) And it's remarkable. It wasn't Instagram. Like it wasn't instant gratification. Like you didn't just show up at the company expected to get promoted to CEO within 90 days. Right.
1: Man, mm-mm, not at all. And I think that's that's something I think a lot of business owners are. And, and I think there's, there's a false image of that being the reality for most people. And in fact, my experience, and listen, at this point now, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of small business owners, and entrepreneurs, and it's not that way, maybe for one out of a thousand. And so you got to just recognize like these things take time you just got to work focus on doing the right things do it in a way that's intelligent and that that is cohesive with what you want your life to look like and you will you'll get there but it's not overnight, man, (laughs) not at all. all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, the other thing I found fascinating is you had your agent license and uh, you got into house flipping, right? So I don't know if it's too much uh, HDTV or you just knew the knack, right? But um, no, but I mean, jokes aside and all seriousness aside, it it seems to be a common thing. What ends up happening is people do a lot of things. They realize they're not happy with what they're doing. And somehow people believe that getting into the real estate game is gonna solve all their problems, um, whether it's through, uh, agent or whether through investing now investing is a good thing i'm i'm an investor and i believe in real estate investing don't misunderstand what i'm saying here but it's almost like that perception because what people do see on hgtv they think it's easy and it's the path to wealth with a very little effort which is far from the truth and now on the agent perspective like you said you're working night and day it's around the clock whether you want it or not like if you're not working around the clock it's because you have no business and if you have yeah. business, you're working. they're calling you all the time. It's almost like you have to have an off switch on your phone or something to avoid that, but then you're losing the business. It's like, it's really messed up. And I, I love how you realized that was a problem and you basically made a change based on lifestyle. You know, and that's what I'm going through, right? I have to had to look at myself and say, what life do I want? What's the lifestyle I actually want? And what's gonna get me there? Then I got to learn to cut out what's not going to get me there, and basically focus on what is getting me there. And you're pretty much, for me, you're pretty much what I'm looking at going forward. So you're the example in a sense.
1: Well, dude, listen, and you you said a whole lot there that is just wisdom, and 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 I hope that you know your listeners and your viewers are 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 kind of li- listening closely because we've we've been there. Like I have built several businesses, and I've I've made great money. And I'm not opposed to either of those if you do it in a way that is still giving you the life you want. The way most people do it, though, is it's not. Life is kind of given the crumbs, and life gets the leftovers. And eventually, that will catch up with you. Now, whether that's in a relationship or with your kids or your health or some other part of your life will start to suffer. And I think especially, and I don't want to, I'm generalizing here, but especially male entrepreneurs we're pretty good at like segmenting parts of our life and dividing these boundaries. Like, you know, this is over here and this is over there, but it's a mistake to believe that those things will not creep up on you and affect your business eventually. So whether it's a divorce or whether you're, you know, 80 pounds overweight, and you know you're and you have no energy. That's going to affect your bit. All of that affects your business. And so, if you truly want to have a successful business, you have to also focus on your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I and that's the thing, right? I, I my experience is from what I see, people tend to, lately. I, what I've been noticing is people tend to fall in one of two categories. Either look when it comes to that pursuit is that either they gave up on their dream, gave up on their life and settled and just decide that they're going to work away and they're going to look forward to retirement and they'll enjoy the last years of their life where they're wasting the majority of their life. And then that's just the way it is. And that's the way their parents did it. That's the way they're going to do it. But, you know, and that And that outlook is kind of crappy, but there's a lot of people that pursue that right and when you show them the path to wealth ah that's for the rich people that's not for me when reality is the opportunity is out there for everybody or you have the other opportunity uh, other people on the other side that turn around and want to you know pursue their dream and chase that cash and chase that whatever but at the same time what they're going to do is that they're sacrificing everything like you said like you you sacrifice your marriage your health your your mental health, like eh, 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 pretty much everything chasing this thing, you know, this kind of this cash thinking that it's going to make you happy. When reality is happiness comes from internal, you have to decide you're happy, you have to decide you're getting what you want, you have to know what you want. And you have to figure out a way to live life on your terms, not let other people dictate your terms. So I've noticed there's those two bunch now the benefit is here and what you're doing which is what i like is you're showing people there is a third option you don't have to give up and you don't have to chase something to the point that you're, you're sacrificing your whole life and regret it later there's a third option and that and that's the beauty of this yeah
1: yep. i think i think far too many people either accept that you can have a, a great business and a horrible life or a great life and a horrible business uh and it's just not true you can do both and and by the way, I want I do want to give a caveat here. Like I understand there are busy seasons to business, and it's not a linear uh, relationship between you know time and effort. And but far too many business owners, in particular, lie to themselves, and they say oh, it's a busy season. But you know, two, three, five years later, they're just as busy, and they haven't gotten any real traction, and they're still kind of running around with their hair on fire. And so that's when there's been. Probably a lack of integrity or honesty with themselves, uh, or maybe they truly believe this, but they didn't have the boundaries in place to say, "Hey, this is this is my stopgap. This is my this is my wall that I'm going to make a decision here that things have to change by this point." You know, many times people only get to that point of realization when they go through a divorce, or after they have a heart attack, or you know, their kids don't want to talk to them anymore. Like,
0: and that's a painful place to be in, and it's completely avoidable. 100% and that's not the way you want to learn things. So with that being said, you made this decision. You came to this realization. Your life basically fell apart. What was the, like, was it an easy transition to where you are or what was the biggest struggles in that transition?
1: Well, I'll tell you, like, so so that divorce I went through for me personally was the hardest thing I ever had gone through. Um, and <laughs> I, en- I actually ended up living in one of my rehabs while it was under construction, on an air mattress, trying because everything crashed. I, I literally didn't want to get out of bed for a month, and all my business crashed. And like so, it, none of it, none of it mattered to me. It, I was just, I was depressed, and I didn't, I didn't really care at that point in time. So I had to start from from zero, basically. Now, the one thing that I had in my favor is this is where I now had uh, support from Life and Air, other people in Life and Air that kind of showed me uh, the error of my ways and where I had uh, gone wrong, and. In my case it was like a day late dollar short but but i i still took that with me now the thing that and this is where like i think and this is important for, for i like to take full responsibility for things like even though like i can point fingers at here and there about whatever it is i think when we take responsibility for things it gives us a chance to kind of improve them moving forward so like i had to realize like okay there's something that i did wrong that resulted in this and so that's where i kind of had to go back to the drawing board and look at these people who had. A life and a business, and be like, what What are you doing? How are you doing this? Now, I didn't have any, so I I shall. Let me just back up as well. The reason I chose real estate first uh, was because I could. I didn't have any business training. There was no entrepreneurs in my family. I didn't. And real estate, I could kind of wrap my head around. I'm like, okay, you buy a house and you fix it, you'd sell it again. Like it wasn't a, a a big mental. Block to understand how the business worked. You know what I mean? Like it was, I didn't, I didn't have any other. I had no business experience, and so I'm like, this is, this is what I wanted to start with. And so I had to kind of learn what these people were doing, and and really put it into concrete terms, so that I could, because I was trained as a scientist, and so m- the way my brain works is I want to like, I want to know what they're doing. That's my observation, but then I want to start to look at, okay, and and test hypotheses and theories, and okay, this worked for me, this didn't work for me, and I kind of went on this exploration of learning and applying and testing to see what worked and what didn't um and so it wasn't easy for me Um, but i did have a huge a huge huge benefit of getting to see what other people were doing at least seeing and learning some of the things from them so i didn't have to reinvent
0: the wheel yeah absolutely and i think too many people out there try to reinvent the wheel It's everybody wants to do it newer better faster um and their own way just uh for whatever reason and then reality is that all the tools that work are already there, all you have to do is just put your own touch into it. Yeah. So love that, love that. Now you got involved with this organization. How did you find it? Let's.
1: Man, it's funny. So so Steve Cook, who is the founder of Life and Air, uh, is a real estate investor. And so I met, so this is when I first, first started looking at real estate. I was jumping on all the webinars, going to the RIAs, you know, doing, buying the courses, like what everybody does, right? Like, and I'm just trying to learn. And I remember seeing him, um at, a, at an auction it was like an auction.com like if you remember those guys like that like auction.com live auction i'm seeing i see him i knew i knew who he was because in the this at this point in you know early 2000s he was like a, a nationally known you know i hate this term but a guru <laughs> and he had done you know over 100 deals his first two years i go up and talk to him super nice unassuming regular guy wasn't had no ego wasn't like flamboyant or like you know e- you know he's not puffing up his chest he's just a normal friendly guy and i'm like wow and then that's where I started learning more about what he was doing. Now, when I and then I then I got into his coaching program, and then he invited me into this the this, this level that that I got into. It's called Titanium, and I remember him. This was important for me because he got me through that first deal, like that first real estate deal um where it took me 82 offers, literally 82 offers for that first deal i I told him it doesn't work this is this doesn't maybe it works where you live it doesn't work where i live and he just kept encouraging me and kept holding me accountable and i got that first deal and so he helped me kind of restructure um not only like how my life my business looked after that but also gave me the confidence that i could do this and so that's how i found him um it kind of in you know, what I looked a very a very very serendipitous like moment where i why i had, was at that property auction and if i you know who knows if I, I would have even continued with them if I didn't have that inter- inter- interaction
0: yeah absolutely which brought up another point here because what you described indirectly is a mentor yeah totally you know so many people are quick to dismiss that but uh I, I think it's important i I believe your biggest asset isn't what you know it isn't why you're doing something it isn't how you're gonna do it it's really who you're doing it with. Mm,
1: man, that's wise. I'll tell you, I used to hear that and it, it kind of went in one ear out the other, you know, and I wasn't in a, I wasn't in a place to accept that or, or really, I still thought it was about me and my knowledge. And so I missed a tremendous amount of opportunities prior to that of not connecting with people that could, could elevate me, you know, be to be around those people who could make me better. And of course, like, Here's the other thing, too, is like you got to be the kind of person that those people are going to want to hang out with and get to know. And you have to add value, too. And so so but but what you just said is such an important principle of success that I think
0: a lot of people overlook that or they just kind of take it for granted. Absolutely. I did. I mean, I can give you a short story of what happened to me and how I learned it. It's, uh, I used to, uh, I've always been in the media business, the nightclub business marketing and stuff, right? I sold my marketing business and I continued in the media business but I was working in the nightclub industry as well and I kind of intertwined with the, with that. So I had a company called Click GTA and it was really like and Click GTA and Click Radio. Where it was is that you had like the online um, you know magazine directory that was Click GTA. You can find all the events and and everything that's going on around in the greater Toronto area of Canada and it was like you know a lot of nightclub events a lot of events you could buy even tickets for my site it was pretty incredible Mm. and I had a component there called click radio, which was a radio component component. Like it was the same thing as the FM dial, but you can listen to it through your phone. And this is Hmm. before apps were a big thing. I mean, back then everybody was using the Blackberry, but you can actually log on through your Blackberry, plug it into your car, you know, back then it was on Bluetooth, it was the wire. And you can listen to it in your car while you're driving to the club. And I had multiple streaming points. So whatever club you wanted to go to, you just tuned into the channel on the you know through the uh, site and you can listen to the music going to the that's club That's cool. Yeah. So it was pretty decent but where I'm going with this was that I eventually got into a subscription where at 100,000 people a month go to my website. So that's 1.2 million visits a year. And my database might have been about 160,000 people on my email list and on top of that I had my phone whew, I had like 900 people in my contact list. Now, where I'm going with this is that uh after I closed that down, I closed it down for personal reasons. Parents got sick, I was the one to, you know, to stay home with them where my siblings were working or whatever, right? So, I ended up uh, closing it down because it went from profitable to a loss. So, and I didn't know how long I was going to be out. But, uh, so then that's how I ended up getting into the real estate business. Once my dad Mm. went to join my mom in the retirement home, they were there, they were thinking, I had to do something and I didn't know what I was going to do. So my parents were landlords. So I said, well, I'm going to open houses and, uh, looking at all these things, not knowing how it works. Uh, but I thought if I'm always there, why don't I do this myself and, uh, learn how to make money from it instead of just going to see other people's houses. So that's how I got my realtor's license. But where the lesson came in is at the time, well, I'm not in the nightclub business. I don't need this crap. I deleted all the database. Everybody in my phone started fresh, brand new number, brand new everything. Never occurred to me that uh, these could be important people that uh, could help me get to my goals. So then, you know, I go through the the real estate school here. It took about a year and a half. So I go there. And what happens? I go there. First thing the broker says, call everybody you know. And I'm looking at my phone going, well, a little late for that. Uh so right i really had to rebuild and restructure myself that is where i learned how important it is to keep your database and how important it is to keep in your network
1: man wow yeah you're like ah like this <laughs> right
0: right wow man that's a big lesson absolutely so yeah so that's how i learned it and then i read the book you who not how right so yeah. that kind of just reconfirmed everything we talked about which is great so now you're on this path you got that mentor you learned that now what about the company how did that begin like how old is it and
1: yeah so company started in 2008 to late 2007 2008 um, started off, like I said, as a member, a member, a student, 2009. And then, um, so, and then at that point, we had two coaching groups. Um, when I was there, there's two coaching groups. We had a total of probably, um, probably the neighborhood of 30-ish members total. Um, and then I, I came on and started speaking and being a coach, like, I want to say 2013, 14. Um, then started, then I partnered with the with the founder in 2016. and. So as that company as a company's evolved, we uh, start we added events. We have two events now that one is focused on life, like how to really tangibly figure out what' your life look like. The other one's focused on business. Like how do you really create a business to support that life? We have 11 different coaching groups now. We have somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 ish um, members and um, and we're introducing some some new things here in the next year that I'm really excited for, so I expect that to grow. Uh, and so the company itself has been, it's been, when I first came in, um, it, so Steve is an amazing visionary, super smart, very, very, very bright. Um, but there was no systems or processes in the, in the company. And so when I came in, I really had to start from, from, from zero and start, you know, bringing on people, th- developing technology, developing systems, processes, SOPs, uh, to actually make it a company. And so this is something kind of cool. It's been a little bit of a testament to how that's worked is Steve was able to take off three months um, at the end of last year uh, without doing literally nothing in the company. Um, he was still able to collect his full salary uh, which is no, was no problem for us and we didn't even notice he was gone like it was it was like that and he's he's back I'm like oh you're back like that's cool like and so that's how like I believe businesses that can create that it's really special like not only in terms of you know the freedom that you can experience when you want to take time off like for instance you mentioned you know taking care of you know aging parents which is a uh, something that a lot of people are going to be faced with and that's one side of it and the other side of it is like the the cool stuff you want to do that uh, is the more enjoyable things perhaps like trips and vacations? But if you don't have a business that allows you to do that, like you're, you're kind of hamstrung a little bit. Um, and so that was that was just. Th- and by the way, like I now I haven't been able to do that myself yet. So I'm working on that for myself. Is taking you know taking three months off. Uh, we just hired some new people, and I'm kind of making some shifts now. But that'll be something I'm also looking into. Um,
0: you know, here in the next year or so. Which is fascinating. This whole thing is fascinating, right? Like, so you started off and it's grown and now you got into events. Now, was the event something part of the, like, was it something that I was always planned or is that something that sort of developed throughout the uh, process? Well, the the first
1: event, the Get a Life Getaway, which is the Vision One, there was a the, they had an they had a very um, I don't want to say what's the word what I'm looking for a very, a very um, rough version of this very first thing like that Steve Steve started with they called they didn't even have they didn't even have a name for it yet we didn't even have the name Life in there yet And it was called the Secret Sauce event uh, it was it was a very kind of rough um, you know uh, very beginning stages of a version one kind of an event um, and so. We did know that we and, and this is something that even I experienced is like explaining what life in is about isn't as easy like as a, as a single a single tagline, for instance, because a lot of people will be like, okay, I get it. Life's important. Business is important too. But the event really allowed us to kind of show people what it really meant. Um, and I'll tell you like one of the, one of the things, the event, uh, and, and by the way, the event has matured a lot. It is a completely different event than it first was. Um, and that event we we realized like is very very important for to 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 give people the 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 full understanding of how to create a vision for their life now the second event the business builder workshop this is something i created from scratch um gosh probably four or five years ago now because i realized like this was missing when i when i started in life and air i had to learn about business from other life and errors and through the coaches and it took a long time and i'm like we need to kind of be able to give people like an immersive experience where they can get off to the ground running, you know, in in just a few days, like really pour pour this stuff into them heavy, uh, so that they have like they don't have to wait years and years to learn this stuff. And so that's where that event started. Uh, and I want to say the first one is right before COVID, um, and so that event is has really taken off as well. And that so so that one we it really wasn't part of the vision. It was just that we realized there was a gap in the business and that people were asking for it, and we're like, okay, let's let's kind of like put something together. Um, and that's that's kind of been a lot of a lot of the mo of how the company has grown is like by listening closely to what people are asking for and then also you have to be discerning with that you can't be everything to everybody um, but you know what are the things that keep coming up over and over again that are within your wheelhouse that are things that that would would potentially be a, a value add for your for your customers prospects, clients, and then perhaps you know uh, explore that further
0: yeah, absolutely love that now. With all that being said, I mean, obviously events are a major, uh, source for, uh, growth here and we just came out of our, or I don't know if we came out of it, if it's still around, not around, whatever, um, pandemic, pandemic, whatever the hell you want to call it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, like 2020 hit and many businesses closed. Now when exactly did the event start? And if it started, you know, before that, how did that, uh, that closure affect you guys? So our event,
1: we did we did pivot to go virtual, um, and in my opinion, like and by the way, we're still going to do some virtual events because we've realized that that people have kind of um, gotten used to staying at home for almost everything, um, even whether it's you know people don't want to even go back into work anymore; they want to work remotely. <laughs> so we will we will do some virtually. So we did do that over COVID, and we we were able to continue that. In my experience, it's not the same as being in person with other people and the human connection, um, but the content is there. And so people are still learning. We're still getting a great feedback, um, but to me, it's not quite a substitute. Uh, and so next year we'll be, and by the way, we do, we do roughly five to eight of, the, of events per year um, many of them are where I live in Raleigh, North Carolina because of this whole thing of a vision we're talking about. Like, I don't I don't wanna be on the road 50 or 60 days a year. Like I wanna be with my family. And so this combination of virtual events and the in-person events that are local to me uh,
0: should fulfill that. Yeah, yep, absolutely. See, and you said that exactly right there about uh, people not wanting to go, right? It's, I don't know if I wanna, in a, in a sense, it's allowed people to remain introverted versus forcing themselves to escape you know that introversion yeah and extroverted and reality is I, I, it's almost a disservice i mean i agree with you that you have to do it because there's certain people you're never gonna make them uh, see the way without it so but it's one of those things that how much growth are you gonna make if you're gonna just know, sit man. there and do the same thing over and over and over
1: what do you do though you know what i mean like this is and like uh, this is where i i feel a little bit of a conflict as well because i'm like okay because we're not gonna it's either we don't reach them at all because they, you know, they're not going to go to a live event or maybe we, we spark something here, but at the same time, I agree with you. Like we're kind of, they are missing on p- our
0: part of the experience in my, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and dude, so I, <laughs> right. Like this is a dilemma, right? Well, here's another thing, right? Like we're on this podcast and this is a great way to meet people as well. Aside from the education part, which people are getting, it's an opportunity to meet people that you would normally never would have met. Now where I'm going with this is that, uh, we met virtually now, A lot of times, especially when I vibe with somebody, I say, hey, let's keep in touch. And reality is out of 10 people, maybe three people will actually keep in touch and the other seven people will just decimate. Now, even statistics and data will show you that had we done this in person and we had that in-person thing, that number changes. It's never Mm -hmm. 100%, but it's more than 30%. Yeah,
1: maybe it flips, right? Maybe it's 7 out of 10 instead of 3 out of 10.
0: Right. Because now when you're in person, it's not just us staring at a screen and yeah. saying, this is cool. You have it. and There's always that that chemistry that you have in person where you're, you're and you have the subtle clues that your eyes pick up, whether you realize it or not. And then you realize, OK, maybe we do get along more than I thought. Now, this person is different than I am, but I can learn and this person can learn from me. And there's something there. I mean, it could be a really good friendship right or you know like or a business relationship of some form and i think in person that connection works better and that's the benefit of going into an in-person event because it's not just the speakers talking but it's also about the other people that are there and they're there because they think like you and they have the same goals or similar goals to you and they want to help each other lift up so they can help you lift up and you can help them lift up and you can't get that from a virtual computer
1: so, so true. I have, so one of my buddies uh, just joined our program. I'd been on, I, I it, this, is just, this has just been a, a kind of a weird story, but this guy saw the ch- changes I made in my life. And finally he comes around to be like, dude, I need this, please help me. Like, And I'm like, all right. So he, so he gets in, he comes to this event. Um, We're in Raleigh. And I just talked to him the other day and I'm like, hey, man, so what's going on? He's like, hey, no, I gotta run, man. I have a I have a call with do you remember so and so and so and so and so from from the event in Raleigh? I'm like, yeah, I kind of remember them. They they just they're, they're not members of Life and Air. Uh, but they went to the event and he's like, Yeah, we started meeting with each other like every two weeks. We hold each other accountable. I'm like, that's so cool, man. Like, that's awesome. Like, and they met in person at the event, had no clue who they were prior to that. They connected
0: and like now they're helping each other. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Right, like that's why I do events sometimes. And when I do my events, I do both virtual and in person. I do it at the same time. Like, Mm. uh, I mean, look, I have, uh, I have all the equipment. I invested a lot. Like a hybrid. yeah yeah so it's one of those people want to be in person can be in person but then we have the cameras rolling at the same time i have an operator switching the cameras so depending on who's speaking where the cameras go so you can have that at home experience but the ones that are really getting the uh the the full effect are the ones that actually show up yeah yeah i'm with you obviously everything and you know comes down to being able to scale it which is the one benefit of virtual you can't scale in person easily or as quickly. But, yeah. you know, you can with virtually. Now, obviously, long term, you can outgrow even in person. But what are your your uh, growth plans going forward from where you are today? So, for us,
1: this is so Life in Air will always be a boutique um organization. And what I mean by that is like I don't it's not in my vision for the company to ever have, you know, 5,000 members uh or 10,000 members. At least at our, at least at our high level you know, uh, mastermind uh, or program, maybe, maybe at the lower level. But for us, it's like our growth is very, um, and this, is, by the way, I, I will say that this is probably a, a weakness in how we have structured our organization is like, so for instance, all of our coaches are hired internally after years of screening. Like literally you have to be a member for two to three years, you have to go through all this. And I joke with them that like, hey, I want it to be harder to get into the, uh, be a life inner coach than it is to get in the CIA. And, and like they think I'm kidding, but I'm not. And so for us, scaling is uh, at that level is not something that's easily attainable. However, there are what we've realized is that we can splinter off parts of that program that are completely scalable because the resources that require the using those things are already built in. And so we can scale some of the some of the other parts of that of that of that program in a way that that is not a limiting factor or a bottleneck. But I do want to say something here, man, because this is something that I've seen. Uh, one of the things for scaling as a business that I've learned the hard way is that you really have to have something that is smoothly running prior to scaling it because if you scale a mess, you're going to get a disaster and so you really got to like know what you're doing and have those systems and people and processes in place and th- and that's and that's for us and the technology as well like i'm i'm super big on automation like uh like we use uh, keep uh, which used to be called infusionsoft back in the day and yeah. and so i'm very very uh, much like an automation nerd because it's completely scalable um not not quite as easy with people um but like that's where i think you got to start kind of thinking of a bus- as a business owner if you want to scale you got to think through these things
0: 100 percent. i agree with you and I, i'm a firm believer in automation right i just think that uh we were bombarded with too much crap out there that it's easy to get distracted and uh and sidetracked and i i think automation is a way to get things flowing even when you're not there and then accountability is to make sure you got it right mm, yeah love that so love that too that's great i mean I, I love how you're like that boutique park. It gives that, not I don't wanna say impression, that's the wrong word. By remaining that boutique, you guys know who you are, you know what you're after, you know what you don't want, which self-awareness is, I think that is important in everybody's life. The faster you become self-aware, the faster you can move forward. Dude,
1: you're so right, man. Well, and I'd also say this, like, you know, there especially in the real estate niche, there are organizations out there that I won't name that are really big and the quality of the services isn't that great. Like you know, and I've heard you know we coach a lot of those people now who have been in those programs, and they're like, yeah, I get on the phone, and I can tell they're reading off a script, and they're supposed to be my coach, and I'm like, that's not, that's, that's probably not what you're paying for. And and meanwhile, these programs are, are very expensive, and though they don't give any consideration as to whether this person is actually a great fit, and it's more of a question of like, can we can we extract money from them and and I just disagree with that for for long-term success and if if that's you know don't 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 break your integrity or your character to make a buck and so for us realizing that is is kind of been i think the key to our success and we've been we've been really blessed with a really good reputation in the industry for for doing things right and so it's never going to be a grow a grow at all costs company because
0: because that's not who we are love that now i'm going to digress a bit here because you brought up a point how you know people call and have that script and all that crap uh i'm not a fan of scripts i don't believe in scripts uh the way i look at it is if you have to script it means you have either a you haven't practiced enough or b you really don't know your product Mm, And uh, there's nothing that agitates me more now than uh, seeing these online gurus that, uh, you know, pretty much are preaching how great and how many billions you can make. And uh, they're still trying to figure out how to fill up their gas tank. So, you know what I mean? And I'm not criticizing in the way of putting down people for for struggling or trying. Uh, My point I'm getting at is, you know, you're not being authentic because you said I'm authentic. You have to be authentic because you got to be real. Don't try to read the script and pretend you're the know it all because someone wrote a script for you and you can read it. You know, yeah. learn your damn product. It's okay to want to get ahead, it's okay to want to grow, it's okay to get into a product that maybe you're not the best at, but you have other people to help you. But learn the product so you get better and better. So eventually, you don't need a piece of paper to tell you what you're doing because you'll have so much experience in it because you'll be the guru. Guru for real, not faking it till you make it.
1: Well, and I think I I agree with that, man. I think, and I think there's a point where, especially, you know, and now, so I see the value in having some bullet point things for someone who's not maybe when they're starting off to get some. And by the way, this is this is more of like getting familiar with the product, like you just said, and then learning some of the ways to frame a conversation is valuable and learning how to interact people. But at the end of the day. Most of that stuff, whether you're talking about a salesperson, whether you're talking about a coach, whether you're talking about someone who you're getting advice from, it's more about just really listening to them and figuring out, like, what are are they really saying? Number one, and and, like hearing what they're struggling with, because the other problem is like whether we're talking about a sales call and they're giving you an objection or whether whether you're coaching. And by the way, sales and coaching are very, very similar in many ways. Um, You are really just listening for what this person's really struggling with. And sometimes they don't even know. And so I think actually those kinds of skills are better served, but when you, the better listener you become like, which seems very counterintuitive. Like, you know, we think of like salespeople in particular as being the super talkative, like, you know, quick, like, you know, they're really, they have something to say for everything, but sometimes those are not the best actual salespeople. Cause they're just, they're, they're telling, they're talking more than they're
0: listening. hundred percent. Right. Like if you're talking so quickly, that person can't get in a word. It's cause you're hiding something yeah right or you're inexperienced to the point that maybe you shouldn't be selling that product yeah you're nervous or something yep yeah so awesome now now i'm gonna I, like kind of a personal opinion here sales or marketing what do you think is the number one priority
1: gosh man well you know this is this is a, for me it feels a little bit almost like a what's more important air or water um because <laughs> if you don't if no one knows who you are you may not have the opportunity to make any sales, right? And so like sales and advertising, if, they're, if their intent is to fill the pipeline for sales, then I see the value in that. But if you can't close those sales, you're you're not... So I guess it's, it's a catch-22, like, so if you can't close those leads that are coming in off of marketing, you're hosed. And if you have no leads coming in because you haven't done any marketing, then you're hosed too, right? So like, how do
0: you... Yeah, that's a hard question, man. Like, um, what are your thoughts? I think that marketing is more important than sales. And to be clear, I'm not saying, you know, just market your day all day long, don't do any sales, don't collect any money, don't pay your bills. that's not right, what I mean. Right. Uh, but what I'm saying is it goes back to what you said, the more people that know you, the more people that wanna buy you, buy from you, I mean, not buy you, buy from you. Yeah. So, and where I'm going with this is that uh, if you have a sales uh, product, like a product, and you have a sales pitch, you might sell one or two people, and that might be all you'll sell and you're gonna work two, three, four times as hard to do it. When people know you, they trust you. And once they trust you, they'll buy from you. As long as you have a product that they're actually interested in it, they'll buy from you. So the clothes shouldn't actually be that difficult if they're buying from somebody they know, like, and trust. It's gonna be a matter of whether they like the product or not, and less about you. Where if you don't have that, you're working twice as hard.
1: That's a really good point, man. Like, and so like, yeah, so if you build, if you're building up your reputation, your trust, you're building um, a relationship with people through your marketing. By the time they're made aware of everything you have, you may or may not even have a sale to make because they've already decided in their mind that they want this thing because they feel comfortable
0: with you. Right. where I believe in lead through relationships, not through sales programs. Mm, I love it. So awesome, awesome. So with that being said, now we obviously know the goals you have with Life on Air. What about your personal goals? Because I mean, like you went through a personal uh, disaster to get here. And yeah, obviously yeah. you recovered. So where do you what is your personal goals going forward?
1: Dude, for me, I'll tell you, man. I uh, my life is completely different now. so I'm remarried, been married now for five, uh, going on six years. Um, I got two brand new girls. I got a five year old and a three year old. I also have an older daughter as well. So I'm a girl dad um which is i dude i love it like i just i just and everybody asks you got three girls i'm like yeah i'm like stick with what you're good at right (laughs) um and so like i have a blast and for for me like a lot of my so the biggest things that i do for me personally um i spend a lot of time with my family that's a huge priority to me like i'm not gonna miss putting my girls to bed I'm not gonna miss like, you know, waking up with them and stuff like that. And so I spend time there. Uh, I'm pretty active in the gym. I like to work out a lot. You know, you know, previously I've been in another life. I was I was blessed with some uh some success in bodybuilding at a national scale. Uh, so I love doing that. Um, plus, man, listen, like if I'm gonna scare away all these guys from my daughters, I gotta have some muscles or something, man. Like, I've no, I'm not gonna have a chance, right? Yeah. So, so I do that. And then for for me, like I'm you know, I, I spend a lot of time, like I'll play I play guitar. Um, and so the, and, and then, you know, so for me, it's, I'm pretty much the places I want to improve in, in my life probably are more on the, on the fitness side of things. Like I still got to get a little bit more consistent with my eating. I mean, some people would look at me and think I'm crazy. They're like, you're crazy, man. Like you're, and, but it's not about what other people think. It's about what I know about myself and the kind of shape that I want to be in. And so by comparison, some people might be like, oh dude, you're already ahead of That doesn't matter to me at all. Like I, so it's all about, I think living my internal standards. You know and so so for me man life life is pretty good that's one area i would improve a little bit though is my is, is the is the, the uh my you know the the workout stuff and the eating um but everything else like i'm trying to think here like where else I, i'd you know i'd like to probably read a little more than i do like i found myself um getting getting more into other things than than just reading so that's that's something i think that i could step up a little bit uh and everything else is, is going fairly well it's pretty much like my life is I wouldn't say it's 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 rigid because um all the things I do I get to do like I don't feel like I have to do them but so like when I look at like what I'm doing I'm like okay you know I got my quiet time I go to the gym um hanging I'm doing lunch with friends I'm going on date nights with my wife I'm you know doing getting to do all these things and my wife and I will take trips like so it's pretty good you know like um but but I but I also believe in never being satisfied like I believe in being content and having gratitude, but never being fully satisfied. I like, I always like to get better in something, right?
0: Absolutely. So you brought up another point here, right? In terms of, uh, because we've all heard this, oh, you're better than so-and-so you're done more than most people and whatever. And I think that's, I pretty much, I, I think that's someone who gave up on their life making those comments. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how somebody else is doing, because prime example, if apple is doing a trillion dollars and microsoft is only doing 900 billion it doesn't matter to microsoft that apple is doing a trillion because they're still holding their own weight and if apple loses 100 million that doesn't make microsoft any better it doesn't change their outlook or outcome what other people are doing it just changes the ego, and that's one thing if you're making ego-based decisions you've decided you're giving up and you'd rather watch other people succeed or fail based on your ego because somehow you feel good or bad depending on who's succeeding or failing. And that's the wrong attitude. I think what needs to be out there is that you have to compete with yourself. You want to be better this year than the person you were last year. And you want to be better next year than the person you were this year. If you're competing with yourself, then you're always going to be in that grateful mindset, because you're going to be grateful about how far you've come. Or are you going to be grateful that you caught yourself going the wrong direction so you can correct it? Either way, you lead with gratefulness.
1: So, so true, man. You said a lot of valuable things there. And it's funny, I just had this conversation with someone recently um, about putting out content, for instance. And um, I, for a little while, I was experiencing some some difficulties in kind of launching more content online and someone asked me what was going on and one of the big reasons for me is like well listen you know yeah''ve I've, I've never built a eight figure or nine figure company I'm, I'm I can seven seven figures sure but I've never built an eight or nine figure company and who am I to be putting things out there when right now when my goal in three or five or even a year is to make who I am now, obsolete and ignorant like I want to look back on who I was today in a year or five and be like dude you're such a schmuck like you, you thought that was right and I realized this was holding me back but then I realized like you know what well everybody who hasn't built this yet I can still add huge value to now somebody who who wants to build a 10- figure company I'm not your guy yet um but if I document that journey and experience uh, sorry and, and then share my experiences with others, from a place of realizing that I will get better and I will improve, and that's just what it is. Like then, that's the only way to do it, you know. And it, it was so foolish that I that I had this thought in a way because I remember having a conversation with somebody when I was bodybuilding. I had a I had just won a contest. And by the way, it took me 10 years to win that first contest. Like t- we're talking about this overnight stuff, right? Oh, 10 yeah. years to win that first show. And I went to this guy in the gym and he approached me, asked me all these questions. I'm like, "Hey man, when are you going to compete?" Cuz he told me he wanted to compete. I'm like, "So cool. When when is the show?" And he said, "Well, no, he's like, I'm not ready yet. He's like, I'm not going to I'm not going to step on stage until I know I can win." And I said, "Dude, with all due respect, you're making a huge mistake because what you learn in your first show, your second show, your 10th show, is what will allow you to get better each time. And then it's the person who waits to think that they're already that does has no clue how their body's gonna respond, has no clue how to like get up there and pose, has no clue how to like really dial in your water. Like you're gonna get crushed. And so do it now, do it when you're not, you know, hundred percent the best ever. And then you just get better as you go. And so for me, that I was seeing that same exact thing show up myself.
0: And so like, I had to kick myself, be like, come on, man. Like, you know this. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and that person who's waiting to see will be waiting to see ten years from now. Right, right. All right. Now, in light of time, I'm going to get down to the last few questions and then get over to what I call the lightning round. So, my second last question is going to be: How do you know you've had a successful day,
1: dude? At the end, for me, it's if I've if I've gotten done the things that I want to do. Um. So for me, that means like, and so I I do have a frustrated day if I don't get anything productive done. And so for me, I've realized it's I have to choose one or two things that really move the needle in my business. And if I get them done, I feel great. Um, If I don't, but if I made good progress, then I'm cool with it. But at the end of the day, I know if I got distracted. So it's not even sometimes it's not even about the accomplishment of that. But if whether I know that I gave it my all like so if something if something pops, let's say I'm, I'm trying to accomplish a goal that I've set for the day and I don't hit it, but it's because all these other things popped up and and I'm I'm dealing with them, I feel good about that. But if I I know that I could have done better uh, during that time or if I I squandered my time or if I was messing around on Facebook and I know I sabotaged myself, that that is not a good day for me. So it's really about knowing if I gave my best towards the one or two
0: things that will move the needle. Love that, absolutely love that. That was a great answer. And I can't contest anything you said there because it's the truth. Right. So it's not about money. It's not about, uh, you know, how, how, you know, ego, it's really about yourself and your internal battle there. And if you, if you're like, our goals are about, you know, having a better life, being productive, and if we're not feeling like we're productive, then it can't be a successful day. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. I'm with that. that. And that's, that's related for me for a successful day for work. Now, of course, like I don't, I, that's separate for like, there's nothing, there's no boxes to check with my kids, but I just, I, I just love being around them and the silly goofy things they do. And that for me, that's, that's a different, that's a different
0: kind of satisfaction, but for in, in work for business, that's how I define success. Awesome. Now, last but not least before the lightning round is for anybody watching this or hearing this and wants to reach out to you, where would they go?
1: They, the best place to be would probably just hit up to life and L I F E o n a i r e just like the word millionaire except with life Uh, and you can find out about our events about our programming there's a bunch of free content all kinds of things we share
0: uh, that you can get plugged in over there fantastic now let's get into the lightning round with question number one is what is your favorite food and why Ooh, dude, this is tough. I got.
1: Can I can I give three answers that I that I've premeditated? I got. I got filet mignon steak.
0: I got sushi, and I got pizza. Ooh, <laughs> it is a three-way tie, reasons. brother. <laughs> it is a three-way tie. Awesome, awesome. I agree with you. And so so far, I like all three of those too. <laughs> awesome. Favorite travel destination and why? Ooh, for me,
1: uh, it would have to be probably. Gosh, man, I've been to so many cool places. I think the favorite place I've been is probably Sedona, Arizona. Arizona. Arizona, Um, just a very cool place. I've enjoyed, I enjoy the, the, uh, the scenery, the, the, the culture, the, the climate, like um, just a really kind of cool vibe to it that I, that I enjoy. Interesting.
0: Um, Favorite podcast and or book.
1: So gosh, favorite, favorite podcast for me. And this, this changes, um, but, and, and by the way, like, and even the book question, it changes on what I'm trying to learn about. But I'll tell you about like my all-time favorite um, podcast most likely would be either um, probably, and it's not even continuing anymore, but it was Mike uh Profit First podcast. And before yes. that it was, it was, I think it was, he changed the name a couple of times on it. Um, but I, I enjoyed Mike. We've had him on our podcast as well, by the way. So he's a real funny guy. Um, and the book, I would say this is really tough because if we're gonna if we're gonna go outside of like spiritual realms, which would be the Bible for me. Um, I'm looking at probably extreme ownership by Jocko Willink, because um, it's just such a message of like taking responsibility
0: for your own actions. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So uh, I also heard. So basically, if you're going to spiritual, it's gonna be the Bible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love that. Awesome. All right. Last but not least, if you were given unlimited amount of money, but only 48 hours to spend it, what you spend, you get to keep. What you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? Can I give away a lot of it? You can do whatever you want with it, man. I don't.
1: This is going to sound weird. And I don't want to come across the wrong way, but I don't I don't really need any more money. Um, So I'd rather just give it away to, to other people with the caveat that it was used very responsibly, because I'll tell you, I've seen money ruin more lives than it's helped. And so I would be given to organizations that I believe in that are, there's a few of them out there that I've, that I've done the, the research on that I feel strongly about. And so I'd probably just give it, actually, you know, maybe I'd, I i do not know, my wife would probably kill me if I gave it all away. So maybe we'll keep like a hundred grand for us to go on, on a lavish trip or something, but like the rest of it's gone, like just don't need it. Um, so there's a, yeah, there's a few charities out there that are
0: really good that I'd probably just give it all to. Awesome. Now, I want to touch upon something you know is that like a lot of money that's been given to people has ruined people and i actually have a contrary thought to that mm. i don't think the money ruined the person i think money like see people always say money is the root of all evil and we are all been programmed with the same crap um i don't think it's the money that's evil i think what happens is the money gives you more options and it boosts your ego so it makes you more of who you really are yeah so it's your choices on how you react and how you act And when you don't lose that uh, humbleness and you lose that, uh, you know, that that scarcity mindset, what ends up happening is more of you comes out. So if you're an asshole at a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're going to be a major asshole at 10 million a year.
1: Yeah, man, I agree with that. Yeah, money is totally, excuse me, totally an amplifier. The one thing I would comment on, though, is that like most people that have a lot, well, I shouldn't say this, most people that come into money quickly. Like through winning, or you have a professional athlete or an actor who all of a sudden makes it big, they don't have the maturity many times to steward it. And so what they'll end up doing is just blowing it on a stuff, a bunch of stuff they think is gonna make them happy. Um, and they end up, you know, basically squandering it and and Absolutely. now they're beating themselves up beating themselves up about it and like they they struggle a lot. And so right. I think, yeah. So develop to your point, developing the character, right? Is because money, dude, a lot of money I've seen with your to your point if you're generous you're more generous if you're if you're a jerk you're gonna be a huge way bigger jerk right um so i agree with you i think i think we're, we're speaking the same
0: language here absolutely and, and going to touching upon what you just said about uh you know people squandering it that's because they never bothered learning the habits but money didn't make them squander it money just gave them the opportunity to squander it they never learned to get out of their own mind and develop new skills and you don't you can't always fault them Right, because that's just the environment that we brought up in, and they just never learned. It's yeah. uh, it's a shame, but it's reality.
1: Well, and and I'll say this, man: is like people, what you do with a little money is going to be the same thing you do with a lot of money. And so I see this all the time: oh, people, I'll, I'm going to start giving the charities when I make more money. No, you won't. Like, because if you did, maybe you'd give. You know what? You, if you think you make a million bucks and you give a hundred grand to a charity, and you're making, you know, maybe you're only making ten grand a year right now, and you're not giving ten bucks or a hundred bucks. Like you, the pattern and the habits that you develop with a little bit of money are the same ones that will carry you forward with large amounts of money. Cause it's the same thing you gotta, you don't wait until you have the money to develop these skills, you do it with whatever you have. And then more will be given to you once you've shown you've been responsible with a, with a, with a smaller amount.
0: Right. was well it's because it's about learning to live within your means and your means changes. And if you never learn to live within your means, your lifestyle grows with your new means and you just never adapt. Because what happens is you make a hundred grand a year. Well, I don't make enough because at a hundred grand, 40 grand goes to taxes. That leaves me with 60 grand. You know how, how expensive it is to live here. And then that's excuse. And then what ends up happening, you make a million. Now, suddenly sudden you buy the bigger home, the bigger car and the bigger expenses come with it. And it's like, oh man, you know how big my mortgage right. payments are? I still don't have the money. Money. and it keeps going until either you lose it and you never had the opportunity to do that or you've had such a big lifestyle creep that you never so true, really caught so up so true happens to almost everybody jay i want to say thank you so very very much for being on the show today love the conversation man thanks for having me on absolute pleasure if you like what you saw and you want to see some more subscribe to the link below thanks for tuning in to the john papaloni show